You are listening to Engaging and Exciting Conversation on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Get ready. Now. Welcome, everybody. You're listening to the Radiant Culture Podcast. My name is Mr. Kent. And I'm TJ. Yeah, we've taken over. It's a men's show today. <laughs> I mean, on the host side. But we have a very lovely, lovely lady as our as one of our guests. Uh, her name is Bushe. Uh, how's Hi it going? Guys. Things are going well. How are you guys? Awesome. All right. Good to have you. Thank you. Good to be here. Awesome. And we have none other than the resident theologian. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Cool Waza. I really wish you guys would stop calling me that. <laughs> it's stuck. Sorry, bro. It's stuck. Never gonna stop. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Too late. Cool. So today we've got a very interesting topic, as we always do. And we're talking about abortion and laws for and against abortion and should Christians care. So, for example, if a law was to be passed that abortion is now legal in this country what should the christian position be should we care should we appeal should we protest should we do anything is there any space or any logical reason or um something to substantiate us protesting and actively protesting let me put that word actively protesting uh against such law mm-hmm. yeah so can we kick it kick it off Let's yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so let's start. Let's start with this whole pro-choice, pro-life thing. I mean, mm-hmm. what's the difference? And, you know, like a colleague of ours was um, saying earlier when we were having a chat that why did the pro-choice people decide to call themselves the pro-choice instead of pro-death? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. That's an contentious, you know, What do you guys think? Um... Would you like to go ahead, resident theologian? <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, first. Okay. Um, so I'm somebody who would consider myself pro-choice. All right. And the reason that I would say pro-choice people decide to call themselves pro-choice instead of pro-death is, firstly, I'm curious if pro-choice, pro-life came before pro-choice because maybe someone would argue, well, if it's pro-life and you're going opposite, then you have to be the opposite. I don't know which came first, chicken or the egg, but... The choice aspect is to say that it's a choice whether you would like to abort or you would not. So to say it's pro-death would be, it would be inaccurate because no one in the pro-choice camp is saying if you fall pregnant, you must kill your baby. That's pro-death. Pro-choice is if you would like to have the option to abort a fetus for whichever reasons you have. For some people, it's because of rape. For some people, it's because it would put them, the mother, in danger, in medical danger. For others, it's just that it's to them, they're like, I tried other forms of family planning and then this this just happened and I just don't think I'm prepared to have a child. Whatever the reason is, you should be able to have the choice. That's what pro-choice people are saying. But if you want to keep your baby and you consider yourself pro-life, you have the choice to do that as well. So that's where it comes in. It's the idea of not trying to force people to do one thing or another. All right. So, yeah. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Mr. Kowaza. Yeah. Uh, I happen to be pro-life, mm-hmm. <laughs> for lack of a better label. Uh, I think really just based on my understanding of Scripture, uh, and I have to say my and you know, and and emphasize that because you know people have different uh, readings and interpretations. Uh, but when you look at scriptures like uh, what God says to Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter one verse five, you realize that you know life 
does not begin at conception. I think this is the main battleground with those that talk about, okay, once a pro-choice, and uh, there is a concession that it could end up, if, if it's abortion, it could be the ending of a life, which is, de- which is uh, murder, uh, you know, as, as we would understand it. So there are all these rules and ideas to say if a fetus is at a certain stage, uh, then it's viable or not, you know. Um, yeah. But life begins before conception. God says, before the be- you know, before you're formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. Uh, and in Psalm 139, verse 16, you know, uh, David says, you know, that every single one of the days of our, uh, of our lives were written in God's book before they came to be. So there is the concept of man or of a human being before the actual conception happens. Um, and so when that actually then happens and, some, and uh, you know, the woman goes through the gestation period, uh, someone comes to full term, if that's what uh, you know, ends up happening, this person has already begun to exist, you know, as it were, in in the mind of God. And so life before God is precious and life before God is eternal. And I, I believe because of that, that to have the discussion of pro-choice or not or pro-life, I think could end up being redundant in, or just because of my understanding that life is sacred and life has already begun before God, way before the person is conceived. Okay. Interesting. So, yeah, I think the main point today is whether you're pro-life or pro-choice. I guess most Christians would be pro-life, but there are there is a section of Christians that's pro-choice. But, okay, say there's a law, right? Mm-hmm. And for the sake of the pro-choice people, the law is against abortion. And for the sake of the uh, pro-life people, the law is allowing abor- abortion, mm-hmm. right? Should Christians uh, get involved at that level actively, you know, when you don't agree with a certain law, um, should you actively get involved and protest and, you know, you know, go legal or whatever it is that you're going to do to make uh, the, 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 the lawmakers uh, repeal that law? Mm-hmm. Should we even care? Mm. Um. I'm going to come with, I feel like it's probably the contrarian opinion in this group of people. But um, I think that people should have the freedom to do whatever they like. So in terms of, you know, if you want to protest, as long as it's peaceful protest, you're not putting anyone, you know, in danger. I think that everyone should have the right to do that. But I'm also a strong proponent for the separation of church and state because of the fact that not everybody who exists within states is belonging to a certain religion. For example, if any of us were to decide to go to a Muslim country and we weren't, I mean, there's, I, I understand the idea of respecting people's culture and stuff like that, yeah. but then when it becomes invasive and it actually impacts the way that you lead your life and that's what, that's what legislation does. It impacts the way that people lead yeah. their lives. Yeah. Then I believe that it becomes a bit too invasive and it's kind of, um, it's controlling. And I don't, I don't agree with that. I feel like if somebody is pro-choice, they should say, this is the way I want to lead my life. Right. Okay. If I, let's say I'm married and I have a child, I have a fifth child, even though I only wanted to have four. And now I'm like, Oh my gosh, but I'm pro-choice. I'm not going to abort this child. That's up to you. You can do that. But then when you're now imposing that on other people, it becomes so dangerous because those people who are going to get abortions are going to do it anyway. Right. Okay. Well, you want, I think the point is 
to allow people to have the choice to do something safely and in a way that doesn't put them in danger. And that's okay. the reason that that comes into the conversation of should we legalize it. So for me, I, I understand if somebody feels like, no, that's against my faith. I don't think that that's something that I should support. So I'm going to protest it. Yeah, you should be able to do that if you want to, but just understand the perspective that you have made the choice to have this faith and to lead your life according to this. Okay. Why don't you give other people the opportunity to also choose how they would like to leave their, lead their lives in a way that doesn't bar them from healthcare and stuff like that. So that's just my stance. Okay. The separation of church and state. Yes. That's an interesting one because it means to a certain degree, if you look at the laws, mm -hmm. most of them are based on Christian values. Yes, like most that's of true. Them. Mm -hmm. So to separate would mean to a degree, like now you then want to pick and choose which ones you want to keep. Mm. Um, not necessarily, because I think, like you're saying, the world has come to this point where because of certain like um, dominant world religions, it just so happens that now a lot of our values are in line with those religions. Even for some people who are atheists, they might be like, OK, I have a lot of values that are in line with the Bible. Now that we're at this point, right, people have their morals. We've decided what's right and what's wrong. Why are we now continuing to impose on people who have decided that like, you know, for me, this is the way that I want to lead my life. For example, what if the church, let's say we, uh, we elected someone and they're a prominent Muslim, their church that they decide to create as the church of the nation. Now we all have to follow those laws. You want to have your Hawaiian pizza, it's taken off of the pizza in menu or any of that. Like, would you, would you be happy with that? Like, I don't, it's not, it's not a picking and choosing thing at this point. It's like, this is the laws that we have. And Let's see how to amend that. Because there's many things from the past that aren't necessarily ideal and we change them. So, okay. Yeah. So just to get it straight. So you are saying if a law is to infringe on someone else's right, then it's our place to then do something about that. Uh, oh, yeah, this is this is tricky. <laughs> so uh, there's a lot of nuance in what I'm saying as okay, well. Yeah. I have the opinion that people should be able to choose what they would like to do. And as long as it's not negatively affecting someone else, but then that brings up the conversation of where does life to begin, right? Yeah. Um, but then also it might be negatively affecting the woman to carry this child to term. So are we now saying that the woman's life is less important than the child's life? Oh, you know, so there's, okay. there's so yeah. much in there. So I don't know exactly what we should do. I just know that on the area of legalizing it, I am, I am for that. In another conversation, where it's like this is infringing on someone else's right, I might be like, no, I don't think we should legalize that thing because I think that that's not cool to do. I don't okay. know. It's just this conversation is the only thing I can speak to. And also like laws and stuff, it's all very convoluted. I don't really understand the processes for all of it. So, yeah, that's I can only say my opinion for this specific okay. topic. So you would happily welcome uh, an abortion, a law that's legalizing abortion? Yeah, because just for the safety of... The fact that people are, people are going to do it anyway. You can't control people. Okay. And there's lots of doctors who are... I actually know somebody who went and did a backdoor abortion. And it was safe medically, but the doctor was very um, inappropriate with her. Like It was almost assault, the way that he treated her. Oh and she can't go and tell anybody about that because it's illegal. Right. So I'm not in terms of the morals of what she decided to do. I'm not here to judge that. Right. Yeah. That's that's her and her own journey, you know. But in terms of the right to be able to 
and for her, that's that's her health is still intact. Someone else is going to get. I don't want to be explicit, but this is the truth of the matter. Someone will get a hanger. Someone will do something, and they could bleed out and die because they were just going to go and do that anyway. So mm. why not give them the the opportunity to do it safely? And I, yeah, I don't know. That's just where I am. Mr. Kuwaza. I spoke a lot. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, one of those things. I think. When you look at that, um, I'm always, you know, you'll find that I'm always trying to bring us back to the Word of God. Uh, when you look at, you, you, you know, you speak about legislation. Um, a question that I could ask back is to say if there was a rule or a law that was passed that uh, was basically uh, making genocide legal, you know, would we yeah. be just sit around and say, well, oh, well, it's the law, that you know, what can we do, you know? And I think if you understand it in that way to say that the unborn are people, they are lives, these are yeah. lives, you yeah. know, uh, and to allow that law to pass is like basically, you know, legislating genocide, so to speak. Um, so in, in with that in mind, you look at Esther, you know, I mean... Uh, the king, uh, you know, listened to Haman and allowed uh, these Jews to be killed. And she went and she petitioned the king and said, this is going to happen, king. You know, what, what can you do? The law couldn't be changed, but then a law was passed to enable them to defend themselves and so on. And so on. today you have the day of Purim and so forth. But that was a genocide about to happen. You look at the midwives, you know, which is the closest thing you have to abortion in the Bible. It is when uh, Pharaoh, you know, demands that every child is killed the minute that they're born. Um, you know, every Hebrew male killed at the point of birth. And you have those midwives, uh, they didn't agree and they didn't do what uh, Pharaoh said. And the Bible says God blessed them with their children because of their fear of God. So I think there is value in that. There is merit in it. And I, and I do believe that it does honor God if we can use what I like to refer to as Roman citizenship. Like Paul often spoke about my Roman citizenship. You know, and that allowed him to enter places that Jews couldn't, you know, just go into because he was able to appear before Caesar and preach the gospel to the Roman, to Caesar's household because of his citizenship. And I think that we can use our rights as citizens in whatever, uh, you know, uh, jurisdictions we find ourselves in to then uh, push for things that, you know, represent what we believe are the values of the kingdom. Um, so I do believe that it's important that we do make that stand and we do make representations and say this is why we believe that this should not happen. Um, I think legislating things because people are going to do it anyway, I see the argument in that. But, you you know, you, you then, you know, I mean, to, I will sound a bit facetious in saying this, but, you know, can we then say that uh, the guys who are stealing Zessa cables, we just let them do it because they're going to do it anyway, you know, so they just pass a law and let them do and, and steal transformer oil and all that sort of thing. You know what I mean? I, I don't think that we should allow ourselves to legislate because uh, people are going to do it anyway. I, I think legislation should be uh, driven by values, uh, the values of the community, the values and of course, all the representation that we get from, from, from everyone who's involved. Um, and I believe, as I said, from a Christian perspective, that that legislation would just basically be genocide and therefore we should make a stand against that. Okay, but my, my question would be, should it be something that's very active uh, in terms of, um, you know, go actively go out on the streets, let your your, uh, you know, opinion heard, you know, set up a team of lawyers to, you know, um, appeal or whatever, or should it be something that's a bit more passive? For example, um, you look at the Hebrew boys, um, Shadrach and Co. Um, that law 
to bow down to that statue was mm-hmm. passed. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the Bible doesn't state it, but I don't think they had an active protest. But their type of protest was, look, you've passed this law. Probably nothing we can do about it, but we are not going to obey it, okay. you know, and we're willing to suffer the consequences rather than no, let's get on the street and say this is unacceptable. This law needs to be repealed or actively do something like that. Okay, so yeah. with, the, with, with the illustration you gave, the, the, uh, the law that was passed was, was an instruction to do something. Yeah. Uh, with abortion, it's not an instruction to everybody to do this. Yes, exactly. As we pointed out earlier, it's, it's giving people the right or, or the choice to do it. So yes, it's yeah. a bit different. You're not, you know, basically telling everyone, you know, all, all of you, you, you got to abort. <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So I think we need to put that in perspective. But okay. still, uh, the thing about passing a law is that and I, well, yeah, this is going to sound, for some, it will sound like, oh, whatever, what do you mean? But I believe that legislation can open doors to things that, if that legislation was not there, there are people who would not have taken that path who end up taking it because the law is there, because of the permission. Mm-hmm. So if there isn't the permission, you find that, um, the, you know, I think if I can just give you an example of how the Bible says, you know, in those days, there were no kings. Yes. Everyone did as they pleased. Yes. So once you don't have legislation, you don't have, an, you don't have a constitution, you don't have things in place, people do whatever they please. Yes. Uh, so sometimes legislation can restrain um, the extent to which something happens. So yes, there will be some people who are, you know, carrying out abortions, but because it's illegal, it's, it's more difficult people are going to need to take more more risks to do it yeah and and you know people will end up uh, not sometimes not doing it there are people who have come out and said i wanted to abort but i couldn't do it and i'm so glad i didn't okay. you know and i think that some of those stories don't come through in the debate and the discussion okay that there are people that you know would have said oh you know, because the, the option was there. if they live in a country where that was available they would have done that at the drop of a hat okay. but because it wasn't available and then they came to a point where they realized, I have this child, and I could have actually done this and, you know, um, aborted the child. I'm glad I didn't. Okay. I think there's, there's value in that as well. You brought up something. About, sorry, sorry, and about the active, you know, about, about being active and yeah. being out there. I, I do believe, I mean, I see guys on the street here in, in the city preaching the gospel, you know, uh, in First Street. Yes. Um, you know, because, b- because of the value of life and because of the understanding that they have, the gravity of the situation, if people go to, to their grave without hearing the gospel, this is an eternity separated yes. from God and hell. Yeah. So this is serious, you know, yeah. and, the, and, and the sense or the understanding of the gravity of the situation will determine the extent to which you're going to be out there and, you know, how public you're going to be. Yeah. So in this case, if you are seeing it in the way that I've just presented it, that this could be a genocide in our hands. Okay. You know, I, I, I saw some statistics. I think Planned, uh, Planned Parenthood has statistics put out uh, for 2015 where about, there were about 324,000 abortions in the year of 2015. Um, 324,000. Oh. Yeah. So that's, that's, uh, that's a lot of abortions. And yeah, I, know I do hear people say that maybe the, you know, if it endangers the mother or the child has a birth defect or you know, all those other uh, exceptions that people put out. Is, is it rape and incest? But the vast majority of those, I really would struggle to imagine and believe that those exceptions are the vast majority of the 324,000 uh, you know, uh, lives that have been lost. Uh, and so because of that, you see that this is serious business. And, and this is just what Planned Parenthood put out. What about the other guys, other, you know, um, 
service providers within America yeah. and then around the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just the, the, you know, the figures just, just you know, don't bear thinking about. So I, I believe the, the extent to which we are out there will be determined by our understanding of the gravity of the situation. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know, guys. <laughs> I, I hear everything. I think there's a lot of validity to what you said. But I feel like for a lot of what you said, there's also an equal opposite example, you know. Yeah. And even with regards to the notion of like life, every life is important. All of these lives that were aborted are important. We don't know why a lot of these people had abortions. But I'm sure that a lot of these people had abortions because it wasn't feasible for them to have a child. In Zimbabwe, guys, people... There's so much food insecurity. People are dying. People are committing suicide with their children who they've given birth to and cannot take care of because they just had this kid, right? That type of a person, that child doesn't have a life at that point. You're birthing this kid into this environment. Their parents can't even afford to take care of themselves. I've seen... um, there are a lot of people, the guy who does the friendship benches, he writes lots of um, he writes lots of articles about, you know, stories of women who will just end up lacing the child's porridge with, you know, rat poison and killing them in the end anyway, because they're like, I can't sustain bringing up this child. So this idea of like, we care about these children's lives. After the child has been born, I don't see any of these people who are fighting for, you know, this, oh, you have to have the child. I don't see any of them actually taking care of these children. There's so mm-hmm. many children in foster, in foster care. The foster systems as well, these children are getting sexually assaulted. They're getting beaten because they're people who are just like, I guess I get money from the government or whatever if I take on all of these children. But the, some of them don't even care about these kids. So I'm just like, I, for me, I understand. For me, ultimately... If I were to have a child, if I were to fall pregnant right now, you know, in a beautiful world, I'm going to want to be able to give birth to that child and have a great relationship with that child. But let's say I was someone who was not in the position to be able to have a child. Let's say, like you say, like you mentioned that I mentioned, that I had a medical situation. Like, who are we deciding their life is more important? You know, I just there's a lot of issue that I take with a lot that's been said with regards to the conversation, because also another thing that I wanted to bring up as the only woman in the room, a lot of men are talking about this as if this is something that they have any insight into, the idea of, like, carrying a child to term. You know what I'm saying? Um, And the idea of, like, yeah, if we allow this to be um, legal, then so many people are just going to go get abortions. Abortions are not... It's not going and taking a pill and everything's fine. If you know the process, if someone's further along, it's a process where either a child is being like clipped and ripped out of your uterus or a vacuum is used that's very invasive women experience a lot of pain afterward or if it's earlier on and it's just a pill and the child comes out that way it's still a very like it's it's a process that's it, it's not something that people just wake up and decide to do so i don't believe in this notion that if it's legal then everyone's just going to get an abortion women when they get to that point have thought a lot about it even when you are saying that there's women who are like i wasn't able to have an abortion and i'm glad i didn't there are a lot of i understand that there will be some women who just do it because they're like ah, i just i haven't thought about it but i do believe that there's probably a majority or at least half of women who really carefully consider the entire process before they go ahead and they do it so while I do feel like you have some valid points, I do think assuming that those points completely nullify all other points to the contrary, I, I don't think that that's the case. So, yeah. yeah. Look, I hear you, Dave. Um, on the health side, so definitely I take it. Um, and that, you know, speaking as a guy, so I, was, I was very uncomfortable coming in anyway. Uh, <laughs> and and, and uh, the producers will, uh, you know, will testify to that. I was very uncomfortable coming in and speaking as a guy, you know, 
to women mm-hmm. and to a woman issue. Mm-hmm. But uh, you realize that for there to be life, the, it's There's a woman and a man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, we have to be able to speak into these things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think with the health uh, part, um, speaking from a Christian perspective, and of course, you know, the world is not all Christian, as we talked about church and state being separate. But coming from a Christian perspective, um, how much room are we giving to God? You know, to say, okay, here's the doctor's report. What is the report that I've heard from, you know, from the scriptures? Is God able? You know, is this impossible with God? Um, You know, there are plenty of situations where people have been given doctor's reports, been told that they won't be able to carry to term, and then even if they're able to do so, that they're very high risk, that they will die and so on. But they've been able to, by trusting God, say, we're going to do this, we're going to pray. You know, they carry the child to term and child comes through. Uh, you know, and they have a beautiful baby boy or baby girl or whatever the case may be. Um, and also the other side where we're talking about health for the fetus, where the times when the child, you know, you can see before the child is born through ultrascan that they're going to have some serious health uh, defect or some learning, serious learning, severe learning issues and it would be better to, to abort than to carry the child to term. You know, uh, you know, when the disciples asked about the man who was born blind, um, and said, is it because of the man's sin or the parent's sin? Uh, Jesus said, it's neither, but it's uh, the, the, you know, the work of God may be shown in him. So how, how do we know that that child, is, that the purpose is for the work of God to be shown through them at some point in the future where God will heal that or cause that child, if they're born, as I you know, like in that instance, born blind, the man could see, fine, it's, you know, 40 years down the road. But... It was for the purpose of God's works to be displayed. So I think there's a lot more there that we need to question and to, you know, examine. Say, okay, these are the reasons, but where is God in all of this? Is God unable to intervene? Um, speaking also to the issues of um, how invasive it is and how, how difficult. I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually like, I, I didn't quite know how. Thank you for sharing that. What, what it does to me is that it, it shows that, you know, once once you carry a child, this is very, very complicated, you know, and, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's part of God's design that it's not something that's supposed to be easy, you know, that a child is there and then you're just able to pull it out and, you know, you go on your merry way. There's just so much happening there that I think shows that it was not God's heart or plan to, you know, to uh, for someone to have a child, carry the child in there at some point, just decide, okay, for some one reason or another, you know, I'm going to, uh, you know, terminate the, the pregnancy. Um, I know I've seen situations where young ladies here in this country, young ladies uh, fall pregnant, you know, and then their mother says, this is not, you know, you're not going to be able to study or you're not going to be able to be what I want you to be. And they force their children to have, you know, abortions, even though the child wants to keep, you know. Um, and so, I mean, there's, as you said, there's so many situations and scenarios that, you know that that do come up, um, but but I do think there is room for us to keep on challenging one another to say, okay, but where exactly? If it's a health issue, where's God in it? Mm-hmm. Um, if it's an issue of you're not able to take care of the child, there's so many people who can't have children, no matter how hard they try. You know, mm-hmm. why not give the child up for adoption? Yes, the foster homes are people which have, where children are being abused. But I do know the church that I go to. There's uh, you know there's these kids. They're in an orphanage. These are kids that were abandoned by their parents, you know, just dumped, you know, uh, in a garbage can and they were found. And right now they are doing amazingly well, going to a very good school, showing intelligence. Most of them, 
you know, and just showing that, wow, you know, the parents couldn't take care of them, but somebody else was able to bring them in, show them love, and here they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there's so many sides to it. Uh, we can, you know, a person can carry a child through and say, I can't, ca- I can't take care of the child. Give them up for adoption, you know? Um, and they have a life and they can fulfill destiny. And I don't know how familiar people are with uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Sorry, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he's a soccer player, one of the most recognized. I think he's yeah. got the biggest social following. And his mother wrote yeah. a book about how she wanted to, you know, to, to actually abort him mm-hmm. because at the time that she, was, she fell pregnant, I think she couldn't afford to take care of him or yeah. something like that. Uh, but look at what he's become, you know. So. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of stories like that as well that I think we need needs to inform the debate. Can I say one quick thing? Yeah. Um, just to clarify my stance on um, legalizing abortion, I don't think that it should just be like... I think there also has to be a lot of kind of legislature put around the process. Okay, yeah. So I'm not just saying it should be someone walks in, no one asks anything, here you go, get in the... I think there should be... Um, psych evaluations before somebody goes through this to see if they're even capable of dealing with what the implications of what that might be psychologically after you've had an abortion i think there should be you know proper information proper information about what avenues are available to that person do you know that there's this foster home or there's this Mm -hmm. orphanage or there's this this, where there are people who are actually looking to adopt children or whatever Mm -hmm. like i do feel like it should be there should be barriers to them being able to have the abortion, but I okay. do still believe that the option should be there. I that's I, yeah. I don't want it to seem as if I'm like it should just be a free for all. I okay. think there should be counselling if there is abortion that has taken place. I do think that it should be a structured thing, not just a, anything yeah, can happen to anybody. Like, I guess we can never mm. run away from this debate, so yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna try and prevent it, <laughs> and we'll just go on with the flow. Mm. But uh, what I'm sensing here is uh, yeah we. we we're kind of getting deep into this pro-life, pro-choice. And mm-hmm. from understanding you, right, Bushle, mm-hmm. you're saying that um, the choice needs to be there, not just for the sake of everybody can just go in, mm-hmm. but for people in certain circumstances that they find it difficult or it wasn't their choice to be pregnant in the first place mm-hmm. uh, or their complications and stuff, there should be that um, choice available mm-hmm. for them to say, look, I'd rather... Um, terminate this pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So my question would be uh, mainly for Shingi then uh, <laughs> is that, and, and you can feel free to add on to what I've said mm-hmm. and to probably respond to what he'll say. Um, as Christians then, do we now then, uh, uh, no matter, okay, whether you're pro-life or pro-choice, what's the, uh, what's the sort of uh, stance in that situation where clearly someone wasn't planning to get raped and then they get raped yeah. and they fall pregnant yeah. and you know one could argue that you know the the thought of having that kid is going to be a constant reminder of what happened yeah it's 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 a possibility yeah. so in that circumstance is there a case for where we can say you know abortion can be permitted or a law People should be given that choice in that in that scenario, because I understand that you you did talk about how you know having a law can be a deterrent, mm-hmm. so that people actually rethink really about it. Yeah. But um, like she's saying, maybe if there's that legislation, legislation, there should be some sort of you know, you know, qualification and certain uh, you know, 
exemptions and that sort of thing where we qualify okay okay what will it take or what is required for this procedure to carry on or to be allowed to carry on okay yeah look this is a very difficult question to answer and in this case as a guy you know very difficult uh because just you know rape isn't a physical thing only it's just so much that goes on there psychological and yeah. spiritual even um issues there that i i don't think i can speak to uh with any degree of uh you know of accuracy or, or anything but at the same time you know um we do have a responsibility i guess to keep holding the word of god up to each other you know regardless and i i, I want, i'd like to believe in I, I, if i was in a situation like that i'd like to i think put forward the redemptive power you know of the gospel the redemption aspect of how god uses all things you know the bible says that he works all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose so all things is all things you know um and that means every single circumstance can be used for good uh, and that's a redemptive aspect of the gospel um so in that instance I would be trying to encourage the person to separate the issues, separate the issue from the, the between the child and the perpetrator. The child should not be held uh, to account for the sin of the father, um, or, or yeah, in, in 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 that instance, and also that whole idea of you can have the child, but you don't have to keep the child. You can hand the child over for adoption. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that would be my first uh, port of call, and then beyond that. I can't then say then you know if you really can't do this then I think you should consider abortion you know because I've got you know if I was in that situation I'm thinking you've got issues to do with forgiveness you know mm-hmm. the bible says we are to forgive uh, and doesn't tell us that there's something that we can and things that we cannot forgive you know what I mean so it would I would imagine it would be very very difficult very very difficult but I'd still plug for let the child have you know their way um grow up in another home or some other place if you can't take care of them see what god can do um through that you know a horrible situation god bring it out to produce something beautiful that can be a testimony that would be uh i guess my for lack of a better word pitch you know uh, to a person in that situation i, I just wouldn't see abortion being still a viable you know option that i could you know with all with all clear conscience say then if you can't then go ahead you know what i mean all right yeah interesting we'll share anything to add <laughs> on to that or to um it's interesting because you were mentioning like um the types of parameters if there's room for parameters around yeah. Oh, if this is the case, then it can happen. Those things actually exist in Zimbabwean um, legislation. Basically, you're oh, allowed. Okay. Yeah, you're allowed to get an abortion if. And it's very interesting because, like, you're talking about the health thing. If the child has defects, then they're like, okay, then you can have that abortion. And I'm like, mm. so your idea that all lives are equal—that's weird. Because I, I <laughs> yeah. personally wouldn't say you must abort someone because they have you know disabilities that's that's mm. very strange and kind of discriminatory but yeah. they exist if the child has um maybe disabilities if you have if it's a case of incest 
and then they have to prove like how far removed from that person you are like biologically so that it's like okay this qualifies for incest and if it's a case of rape but then in that moment you have to prove that you did get raped and the process for for proving that you've gotten raped is very like it's just very long and convoluted and a lot of women actually don't even report it because also we have a lot of misogynistic laws where a woman might say that this is what happened and then they go through this harrowing traumatic process of going to the court and then the man gets let off anyway so a lot of women actually don't even go and report that but then now three weeks later you found you find out oh i actually have conceived a child now i want to abort it because i got raped because of this but you don't have that proof so mm. there it's a bit it's a bit iffy um but yeah, I think all I can say to that, because for me, I'm a believer in, you know, when it comes to God, your relationship with God is personal and the stance that you come up with should be something that you've been convicted towards. Right. Okay. So I don't want to say, and this is why I'm pro-choice. I don't okay. think it's good to say, this is what I believe. I'm an authority on this. So then you have to believe that this is what you should do. Right. And that's why I feel like people should be allowed to say, I want to abort because maybe somebody's not convicted the same way that you are, right? So I understand, um, and I would agree that I feel like abortion should be a last resort. It shouldn't be, well, you had said that you have to stop at um, giving the child up for adoption, but I agree that those steps should be taken first. Where we differ is that I do believe that abortion should be an option because people should be allowed to, I believe, move with regards to their own personal conviction rather than have someone else's personal convictions imposed on them. Yeah. <laughs> in this case, because I see that there's lots of other places where nuance yeah. might make it different, but in this specific <laughs> yeah. case. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's interesting what she said. <laughs> so I guess another view I would give is like most women take it as if men are coming at it from a perspective of, they look at men coming out, coming at it from a perspective of, they're outside of it. They don't actually experience the whole process of, you know, pregnancy and all that and everything. So they should never write to decide because in some cases you will find that the father actually wants to keep the baby, mm -hmm. you know, and because it's the woman's choice, now they, they're not allowed, mm -hmm. you know, even though they were part of the process of yeah. making. Because I've seen cases where even the father will say, if you don't want the baby, give birth to the baby mm -hmm. and I'll take care of the baby. You yeah. don't have to take responsibilities. And some women still had to say, no, my body, yeah. my body, my yeah. abortion. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. They've taken away the choice from the father. Mm -hmm. That that's his right taken away as well in that instance. Yeah. And also the other aspect to the men is there's also a responsibility that men feel to protect women. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like if the women in our lives, we feel a responsibility to take care of them. And sometimes, you know, as human beings, when we make choices, we're not always in the right frame of mind. You know, it's just like you have a, for lack of a better example, I say, it's just like you have a child, right? Mm. Someone who's young, maybe someone who's, <laughs> who's, because these, these, these situations also happen with maybe underage kids, mm -hmm. like a 16 year old gets pregnant, yeah. right? Yeah. Should that 16-year-old be allowed to have the choice. Mm -hmm. So from this stance, the, 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 the male side or someone who's over them may come in and say, you're making this decision from a place of maybe 
you don't have all the information mm-hmm. and you may not understand now the implications of what happens mm-hmm. because i think this is usually happens so it's not really what would you say to someone who says we're not coming at this from a legalistic perspective of saying we're going to try and stop you we're going to mm-hmm. for the sake of it or because mm-hmm. we want control over your bodies mm-hmm. but someone who's saying you know we've seen cases of people who regret this yeah we've seen cases of even you go to the doctor and it still goes wrong mm-hmm. you know we want to protect you from that yeah what would you say to someone like that who's saying it's out of love that we're trying to actually legislate this mm-hmm. so that we deter people mm-hmm. from actually making such decisions yeah i think what you're saying is valid if it's coming from a place of this is I feel that this wouldn't be beneficial for me for you. I think that people should be allowed to express that, but I don't think it should be allowed to be expressed through the law. Through the law. Yeah. So, well, with your example about um children, like maybe it's a underage person who's gotten pregnant and they want to get I also believe, like I said, there needs to be laws around the abortion. I think there and it's sticky, but I don't know if a child who's not of age should be allowed to make that decision. It's the same thing with alcohol, right? Yeah. Children are not allowed to drink alcohol because mm-hmm. they're not in a position where they're able to think of all of those implications. But once they're of age, we allow alcohol for everybody. We know that alcohol is a demerit good, it's bad for people's health, but we allow people to drink it if they want to drink it, and we have um institutions and programs available for people who have abused it to be able to come out of that. And I think we should be able to give people that level of um to, i guess give them that that level of agency to say that you are a human and you're of age so i can advise you as somebody who cares about you mm-hmm. and somebody who feels like maybe i have some insight that right now you're in a situation that you wouldn't be able to consider but then bringing the law into it is where i get a bit iffy and also what you're saying about the male side i think all of this is very valid it's just such a sticky sticky Situation. conversation yeah, yeah. and is, th- that is. that's true because it, it it you are removing his choice if you decide to do it and he hasn't said that he he wants that to happen but then where's your choice to not deal with morning sickness and I mean, I don't want to get explicit, but guys, the birth process is not pretty. It's yeah. not fun, you know. And even and it's also like I said, it's risky. We're taking we're taking um for granted modern medicine, and now we've really gotten to this point where it's like majority of women who give birth are going to be okay. But things like aneurysms, all of that, like giving birth is also something that's risky. And you're taking me saying, okay, I'll give you your choice. to keep this child is me now taking away my choice to my body and it's like that's a question of whose choice is more important and i don't know if there's a real way that you can determine that okay i, I genuinely don't or even her choice of knowing that there's a child out there um who i gave birth to and now it's with that guy maybe i didn't even like that guy <laughs> like i don't know it's just it's it's this weird it's it's I don't think there's any black or white answer to that. It's all very gray. I guess this is where what I think Kuwaza may have touched it in a way. Way you are saying now the question then comes whose choice do we pick? Mhm. But what I really want to get around now is I understand now where this you presented that uh question that like whose choice matters more? Mm-hmm. Is it, you know, the father of the child, is it the child or is it the mother's child? and um as as a christian podcast i guess we have to bring it 
back home to say, okay, as Christians, do we actually have a choice when it comes to abortion? Do we actually have a choice? Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. like I'm saying, if we if we say that, because like I said, the laws actually do have exceptions, yeah, right? Yeah. And those laws are supposedly built on Christian um, Christian um, tenets, right? Yeah. Yes. So if those Christian tenets are giving exceptions of rape or incest or whatever, I guess you were saying that you know God will use whatever situation. So in your mind, in any case, the person should give birth, but um. Yeah, I, d- I really don't know. I really don't know. I think if 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 you're using uh, certain interpretations of the Bible, because even I feel like um, interpretations have evolved as people have, you know, gone through time. There was yeah. a time that Christianity was used to justify slavery, apartheid, um, you know, uh, colonialization. Yeah. And people could look at the words and be like, slaves obey your master, it's written. How yeah, could you interpret yeah. that differently, right? Yeah. So that's why I feel like it's, that's why I keep coming back to like conviction because some of these words, they've been translated from Greek to this, to that. And it's like, you read them and the way that I'm moved by them might be different than somebody else. Okay. So yeah, it's, it's, but I don't want to, yeah, for me, that's where I, I, I've said my stats that that's where it comes from because okay. I feel like the Bible can also be used to oppress people. It has been in the past. Okay. So the other thing that I wanted to find out is where do we then decide what is the standard? Can the standard ever change? Can the standard ever, is it something that is static or can it evolve as we as humanity grow and like we change? Because like I was saying before with the question of, there was a time that the standard allowed a lot of things that were improper that we've now come as society to decide we don't believe in slavery. We don't believe in, you know, um, this separation of race or whatever that people would say, oh, the Bible says that the blackbird is whatever. So that's mm. why I'm saying, you know, where I believe in having a standard because anarchy is just it's a mess. People we can't trust people with anarchy, <laughs> but then how do we how do we make sure that we're actually using the correct standard? That's yeah. where I that's what I wonder. You yeah. know, um, I find it interesting just to come back to what you said about slave trade and everything. Mm. It's interesting that Paul actually says somewhere that uh, he he puts slave traders in a list of people who are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Mm. Um, and I just wondered to myself how you know so sometimes truth can be suppressed. You know, uh, as much as people say they're using the Bible to oppress people, but the truth in the Bible itself can be suppressed so that, you know, the Bible says in Romans chapter 1 that even though everything that was known about God was plain to them, they chose to suppress the truth and believe the lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so became vain and foolish in their, in their thinking and so on and so forth. Uh, and, and so there are times when society can suppress truth, but then truth comes to light because in the moment of time and of revelation, ah, hey, hang on. Look at that word. Slave traders won't inherit the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Oh, so if they won't inherit the kingdom of God, then slave trading shouldn't be a good thing. Mm-hmm. So slavery is bad. And then someone comes out and then says, this is wrong. And I think at all times, the standard is still the truth of the word of God. Um, one of the things that I find very difficult to, to, to handle, especially with a lot of the things that are happening now and in the age that we're living in, um, and this is just my belief, I, I believe that we're living in the times where Paul said people who no longer put up with sound doctrine, you know, but will follow all sorts of myths and so on, mm-hmm. is how many people have started to question the authority of the Word of God. Mm-hmm. It's not authoritative. It's just a book. It's a collection of stories. You know, so is it really God-breathed? 
why was the book of Judas not included? You know what I mean? And and, 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 and there's an attack on the authority of the Word of God because once you can attack the, the authority of the Word of God and the Word of God can become um, uh, murky and fluid, you know, just fluid, it, it can be whatever you think it is, then the standard goes away and then a lot of things can come in. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that we need to really guard ourselves against. Um, to say, okay, what's the standard? Is there a standard? Sometimes it's not so easy to see. As I said in, in this issue, there is no scripture that says, thou shalt not abort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It'll be so much easier if God just said, thou shalt not abort. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, okay, so, and then we're now have left looking at the principles. What are the principles of the word of God? And how does, is there a principle that this choice violates? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think that's something that we would, I would say, I think I'm asking that thing about how people are evolving. People evolve in their minds and how they think or whatever, but the standard of truth is not. Um, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not, you know, uh, just like yeah. Jesus said. So, Do you think there's a possibility that those people back then, of course, they were the ones who knew that they were um, kind of manipulating the word of God. Yeah. But do you think it's possible that there's some who really felt convicted and believed in the fact that, like, no, this is this is right. We rule over people of other races, blah, blah, blah. They felt justified in their belief. Don't you, do you think that there's that possibility? Absolutely. I, you know, I, and that's why I say about, about suppressing truth, you know. Um, it is possible to have, I know the Bible talks about having a seared conscience where you just come to a point where you feel it's okay to do whatever. There are people right now uh, I think in this country, people who are Christian, who are engaged in very corrupt deals, you know, financially, and you talk to them, they'll give you scriptures like it's the, you know, the Bible says that God is going to take the wealth of the wicked and give it to the to the righteous. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And, and and they'll say that with conviction. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and miss the a whole host of biblical passages and even the testimony of their own conscience saying hey but this is not right look mm-hmm. at look, you know look at the impact of what you're doing on the rest of the nation etc etc so i do believe there are people who were convicted yeah. but were they convicted by god or by their own belief in what they wanted because mm. don't you could that not be something that's happening currently where there are a lot of people who are convicted that abortion is terrible because of the ways that they've interpreted the bible and then in the future, we realize, hmm, maybe that we find some ways to read the Bible and see that actually that wasn't the case. Distinctly possible. And I do have to acknowledge that I'm living in a particular time in history mm. where there are things that I might not be seeing right now mm. that others in the future will see. And, see. and unfortunately, I can only speak from where I sit and where I stand right now, within, yeah. you know, within time. That's, that's fair. But, but I, do, I, do, I do see how that's possible, mm-hmm. uh, that people come to a point where they read the Bible in which they say, hey, actually, you know, I found this you know, in the Greek or I saw that. In, maybe because of technology, they're able to do even better searches or some manuscripts you know, are revealed somewhere you know, uh, by archaeology that you know, show, oh, that word, you know, all that kind of thing. And it's just possible. Um, yeah, it is possible. I have to, to acknowledge that. All right. I think, yeah, we've gone way over time. <laughs> it's been very interesting. And yeah, and uh, just uh, I don't know if you guys have any parting words. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Um, my parting words, I think well, one of the things that I, I that concerns me about abortion is that it's one of those things that you can only know the consequences of after you've done it. Oh. 
Um, <laughs> so you, I, you know, I wish it could be one of those things that you could be put in a time, time, space, travel, go into the future, see how you feel about it, then come mm. back and think, oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> maybe I'm not going to yeah, do it or whatever. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and and I think that's just the most unfortunate thing. Um, just this, and and the, just the range of of um, effects of abortion mm. I feel there's a very important part that can get lost even with the best ca- counseling and all that because mm. we, we know if you look at a secular kind of state and it's all law mm. there's the spiritual aspect the psychological aspect yeah. where I, I do remember a case where there's a lady who was receiving again of course this is again you know up for interpretation but she confirmed everything that was being said it was prophecy where she was she, they were trying for a child and the person who was giving them the prophecy was the reason that you guys are struggling to have a child is because at some point there was a point when you guys can see but you're not married and then you're you know the he was your boyfriend then and he was very worried about things happening that were not so he he pressured you to have an abortion but you wanted to keep the child you had the abortion and now that is what has caused you guys to struggle now struggle mm. no, it wasn't a medical thing mm. that oh, she was physically it was a spiritual thing so now we need to pray into it, break whatever, you know, talk about these things, breaking curses and all that kind of thing, mm. or repent and whatever. And then, you know, you guys will be coming back and telling us, you know, that now you're able to conceive. There's just so many of these things that it's so hard to tell and to know before, you know, before the event. And other people do that. And because of the mercy of God, they don't have those complications. Mm. They just are able to have, you know, have families later. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think that's my main you know, concern, that it's not easy to know in advance. And my... My hope is that there's, if we're going to be pro-choice, I hope people are more pro-choice in choosing being safe with sex, uh, you know, uh, doing the best they can to avoid getting into the situation to start with. Uh, if you're underage, do not engage in, uh, you know, sexual activity. If you're not married, do not, you know, get involved in sexual activity, premarital sex, you know, and just avoid circumstances. Not all circumstances, of course, can be avoided that do lead to people, you know, discussing the issue of, uh, you know, of abortion. But so many of them can be if we choose well to start with. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't. I don't disagree with too much of what he said, but just a little bit, <laughs> uh, slightly, because of course, as I said at the beginning, I yeah. am pro-choice, and mm. I think for me, um, I, I completely understand the view of like we're trying to protect people and we're trying to make sure they don't regret anything. We're trying yeah. to, you know, protect the rights of an unborn child, right? I, I understand that, um, but I also do believe in the notion that God gives us free will for a purpose. And it's almost infantilizing when we now say, I know better than you and what you're doing isn't correct. And I, I don't think I disagree with treating women in that way, um, just as a woman. Um, but at the same time, I'm also just wanting people to think about their beliefs and really feel, think about the way that they've come to choose these things and they've come to choose their faith or their lack of faith or whatever it is by themselves and how good it feels to be able to have that freedom to choose, right? And consider the way that you might be taking that away from somebody else. As somebody who's pro-choice, when I say abortion is available, I'm not saying you can't keep your child and you can't tell your children and encourage them to keep their children and tell your sisters and your mothers and whoever encourage them to do that. Nobody's taking that right away from you. But when you're pro-life, you are taking the right away from somebody else who really feels like having a child at this point is not something that's feasible for them. 
just think about that. Think about how that feels in a law sense that the state is, it's like taking away the rights to your body. Now I have to go through this pregnancy, even though there is a way that I could not have to, but the law is saying that I can't do that. I don't think that's a particularly nice feeling. And that's my stance on the matter. But um, yeah, there's nothing wrong with looking out for people and wanting the best for them and, you know, warning against the repercussions of having an abortion. I completely can understand that. All right. Thank you very much, guys. This has been an interesting and informative uh, episode. And yeah, and uh, just for me, I guess uh, I was just thinking as you guys were talking that I guess when you decide or when you make the choice, and I guess everyone is kind of pro-choice if you look at it in this way, that when you then make the choice of what you believe in, and your convictions, then you've already made a choice whether you're for abortion or against it. Yeah. That's mm. what I believe your choice means. <laughs> but anyway. yeah. All right. Thank you very much, guys. And yeah, we'll see you guys next week. And yeah, we'll have another exciting episode and topic for you. Peace. See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.